What's up, guys? This is Clay Chastain, College and Career Pastor at Rock Springs Church. We're so excited that you're joining with us this week. I hope you find some encouragement, some joy, and a little laughter along the way as we learn from God's Word together. Let's jump into what He has for us today. Hey, listen tonight. Hey, how many, thank you for being here because I know, um, first of all, for, for you that it, for some of you, it's tough to get here. And for some of you, you have to come a long way. And for some of you, you have to work. And some of you, school's pressing. And I know that all those things are going hard and strong. And so, uh, listen, tonight I went and I watched my daughter run her first cross-country meet tonight. She's worked extremely hard through corona and through all that. Once they shut down everything, the one thing she could do is still run. All right? So she's um, she is one region for her first three years, ninth, tenth, eleventh grade, this is her twelfth grade year, and she wants to go out with a bang. So so I ran down to Forsyth real quick. And not only was the pre was I pressing time already, the bus was late. So they were calling over and telling them, Hey, we're gonna be coming in at the moment we're supposed to start. So they delayed that for fifteen minutes. And I'm like, Man, I hope I get there. All right. And then my daughter finished first. <laughs> She killed it. I'm telling you, I'm so proud of her, man. She killed it. She worked hard. And uh, so I know it's hard for you to get here. There's a lot of other things in life that you could be doing. There's a lot of other responsibilities that you have. And this night, but listen, I really believe this night's something special. And I do believe that this night's something that we need. And I, I, I'm telling you, um, it is something we started for your age group uh, just over a year ago. And um, I listen, uh, about a year ago, I mean, we was at about 20, somewhere in that 20 range. And so um, you look around tonight and, we're, and God's been good to us. And so I just encourage you, look, be here, but I also encourage you to reach out and invite somebody with you. All right. Do that sometime. Listen, as we go into Philippians, let me give you a little bit of background about this book. Let me ask you this question as we start. Are you happy? Are you happy? All right. I want you to think about that this minute because as, as we think about this book, look, it was written by Paul. He wrote this letter to the church at Philippi, a church that he had started on his second missionary journey in about year 52 A.D. And when he wrote this book back to them, he wrote it like 10 years later. He was going to see them. He had other things that was coming. But when he wrote this book, does anybody in here know where he was at? Jail. <laughs> he was in jail. And listen, jail not like as we might think of it today as just a cell and, and a place. Most of the places that they put someone in jail was kind of like a dungeon or a cave. or Man, not, not a very friendly place, alright? And not only was Paul in this deep, dark spot of his life, he was also chained to a Roman guard, 24 hours a day. About every six to eight hours they'd come and they'd swap out a new Roman guard. So as he's writing this book, I want you to just kind of get the mindset of what, what's going on because Paul has something that's very important for you and for me today. Philippians is an incredible book. And if you kind of look at the theme of Philippians, Philippians is kind of themed around the area of joy. It is mentioned some, I think, 19 times either the word joy or rejoice. Now think about that for a minute. Where did I say Paul is? 
He's in prison. He's in a dungeon. He's in a dark spot of life. He is chained to a Roman guard. And here he is, not where he probably would want to be. All right? How many of us would want to be in jail? <laughs> How many of us would want to be in a dark moment of life? But listen, some of us are at that moment. Some of us are at places in life of where it is tough, where it's hard. I'm going through a valley moment of life. Well, listen to what Paul has to say. Because if we can capture the whole theme and the whole aspect of what Paul's saying to us, it can totally change your life. It'll change your outlook. It'll change the way you feel about things. It'll change the way you think about things. This is a very important aspect to our life. And I want to start at Philippians chapter 1, alright? Tonight we're going to kind of go a little bit through Philippians chapter 1 together. And um, in verse 3, listen to what Paul says. This is, what, this is how Paul starts out to the people, alright? He says this, he says, I thank my God. <laughs> now how many of us would really have an, an attitude of gratitude at this moment of life, alright? I'm in this dark moment, in this situation, this ought to tell you a lot about where Paul has come and where he has been. I thank my God every time I remember you. And all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with... Everybody say that word. Joy. Everybody say joy at the count of three. One, two, three. Joy. I always pray with joy. He is remembering them. He is thankful. He, he couldn't wait to be with them again. And here He is, He's praying, and He says, I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, who in the world would start out your letter that way? Imagine you are Paul. Imagine you are the one chained. You're in a spot. Listen, why is he in jail? He's in jail for taking a stand for God. He's in a, a jail cell chained because of his stance for God. And listen, as we're in our world today, I want you all to understand something. I really believe we're coming upon a moment of where we're going to be challenged to stand. I don't think we've really had to worry about that a whole lot. But I really believe we're coming to a day where we're going to be challenged to stand. There's a church in California that has um, been a very established church. John MacArthur is the pastor there. He's wrote many books. He is a very well-known pastor and leader kind of to people in their relationship with God, to church leaders and to those. Recently, the county told them that they couldn't come together, that they, they, they couldn't meet anymore. <laughs> and they, they had met outside. You can go pull this up, all right? They had met outside, they shut them down. So it went to court. But what happened in the court was this, is the court passed that it was okay that they meet together. And so what happened was this, they are a very large church. So a lot of the parking around the church is owned by county and city lots and things like that. So they evicted them <laughs> off of those lots and those things. 
after a contract that you can go see for the last 45 years of where they've had a good standing with the county, the community, and the state of where they had the access and ability to do this. I believe we're coming upon a moment in time where we're going to really be challenged to stand. Listen to what Paul's doing. He's in that dark moment. He's in that moment of where he's going to... He could be down, but instead he's thankful. He is joyful. And how he responds is very important. And it is a very important way for us to understand how to live day by day. He had joy. That's what made the difference. Not just happiness, he had joy. I believe in our world today, what most people are seeking is happiness. It's happiness. Who doesn't want to fulfill the American dream? Who doesn't want to be the one who has a nice house, a happy family, has good finances, has stuff that you want, need? Who doesn't want to be in a good position where life seems happy? Now here's what I want you to understand. As much as we want that dream, a lot of times life doesn't go that way. It doesn't go that way. So how do we handle it? How do we deal with it? And that's where this letter is so important to us. Paul gives us advice on how we can handle difficult days. Let me give you three differences between happiness and joy. Three differences between happiness and joy. Happiness is outside. <laughs> it is external circumstance, all right? It is, listen, if the weather's good, I'm happy. If I'm laying on the beach, how many of y'all laying on the beach are not happy? You know what I'm saying? Well, wonder if you're at work or school. Wonder if you got to get up and it's real early and you got to go and it's someplace that's not happy. See, outward is the way we, that we experience happiness. If I'm with the people I want to be with, if I'm doing the things I want to do, if good things are going on, I'm happy. I grew up playing a lot of sports. And, and one of the things I had to learn early on is how to lose well. <laughs> Those of you that are competitive understand exactly what I'm talking about. I am super competitive. I hate to lose. It's not something that's very happy in my life. <laughs> All right, And so I'm telling you, it is based on what's on the outside. But joy is based on what's on the inside. What's on the inside makes all the difference. Joy is not based on the things that go on around you. Because everything is not always happy. And listen, Paul knew all about this. All about this. Look at some of the things. If you were to go back later in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it tells of all these pains and sorrows and struggles that Paul had to go through. Listen to some of them. He'd been in prison frequently. He'd been flogged severely, even to the, almost the point of death. Five times he received the 40 lashes minus one that Jesus received. Five times. Three times he is beaten with rods, the type of rods that would they're kind of bend, you know what I mean? So they get that little bit of extra whip into them where they cracked it across your legs. He was beaten with those three times. He was stoned. 
And I'm not talking about being recreationally stoned. All right? I'm talking about with the hard rock. I'm talking about where people stood around him and beat him down. This guy had been through wars. He was shipwrecked. says that he spent a night and a day on the water surviving. And then, once he landed on an island or floated to an island or whatever, you know what? He, he puts together a fire. You know what happens once he puts the fire together? A snake comes out and bites him. Listen, Paul didn't have all the things going his way. Don't you think some people in this life would go, you know what? I'm trying to do everything I can for God and everything bad keeps happening. How many times have you thought, God, I'm trying to do the right thing? but the wrong thing's going on. How many times in our life are we thinking, you know what, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. Well, Paul is the perfect guy we need to be talking to because Paul has experienced about anything and everything possible that can come your way. He knew hardship, but look at what his response is. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, he says this, Therefore we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Why? Because there's something more than our outward situation. Here's the second thing, difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on circumstances. Circumstances. You know what that actually kind of means? It means the circle that you're standing in, where you place yourself, where you put yourself. Listen, Sometimes those things don't go well. Some things in life is just not happening in your specific area of life. Might be that there's something at home that's not going well. Might be something in a relationship that's not going well. It might be something at school that's not going well. But happiness based on where we are, but joy is based on Christ. It's based on Christ. Philippians 4.11 Paul said this, he said, For I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. If you want to find joy, you're going to have to understand it comes on the inside. If you want to find joy, you're going to have to understand that it comes from a relationship with God. It comes from walking close with Him. It comes from following Him day after day. The third thing is this, is happiness happens by chance. Happiness happens by chance. It happens by accident sometimes. Happiness happens sometimes if you're lucky. Because it's based off of what's happening. It's based off of what's happening. If I'm at the Braves game, watching the Braves game, and they aren't doing so well, you know what happens? I'm not very happy. Last year in the playoffs when... They get to the final game, and I'm thinking, we're going to take this thing. And then the other team scores like 10 runs in the first inning. I, I, I want to throat punch somebody. You know what I'm saying? I ain't very happy. Why? Because of what's happening. But joy happens by choice. Joy happens by choice. Joy is something that you can choose. And you know what? You can't control everything around you. You can't control everything around you. So don't let the things that you can't control control you. Don't let the things that you can't control control you. 
How many of y'all remember the old hymn, It Is Well? Y'all remember the old hymn, It Is Well? Does anybody know the background to this song? If you don't know the background, I'll just fill you in real quick. Horatio Spafford is the guy who wrote It Is Well. If you know anything about his life at all, first of all, he lost a child at four years old, his son. At four years old, died of scarlet fever. He was a successful attorney and real estate investor, but he lost all his fortune in the great Chicago fire of 1871. Around the same time that his son had passed away. So imagine what's going on in his life. Well, thinking his family could use a good vacation, he set up a trip. They were going to sail from the United States to Europe. And his business, the Lord started to bless again. And on the day that they were supposed to leave, he needed to stay behind to take care of something important. So he went ahead and he put his wife and his four daughters on the ship to head on across. But what happened is, is they get a couple of days into the trip, they're in a, a shipwreck with another ship that takes them down. And as they go down, his four daughters lose their life. Somewhere along the way, his wife was able to grab hold of something and float, and a boat came by and picked her up. And as she got to the other side, she sent back a message to her husband that said, saved alone. Saved alone. Well, Horatio... Immediately the next day, next trip, gets on a ship to head on a cross. The captain knew that they were coming upon the place of where his four daughters had passed away. And as they came to that place, he called him to, the, to tell him that this was approaching and he would slow down and let him just kind of grieve for a moment and celebrate the life of his four daughters. And as they stopped at this location, what Horatio did was this, as he thought about his daughters, and as he thought about his daughters, words of comfort and hope filled his heart and his mind. And here's what he wrote. When peace like a river attendeth my way, in good times, when things are good, when sorrows like sea billows roll, bad times. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. And he's, imagine this. He's lost all five kids. Imagine tragedy upon that. I couldn't imagine losing one of my daughters. I believe that would have to be one of the most painful things that could ever happen in my life. But in this deep, dark moment of his life, he penned out one of the greatest hymns ever written. He penned out one of the greatest songs that the church has been singing ever since. It is well with my soul. How could he do that? How could he do that? Because his life was not based off of happiness it was not based off a of circumstance. It was not based off on what was on the outside. It was based upon joy in Jesus Christ and Him alone.
I want to give you three things out of this passage tonight that will help you that Paul has given us. And the first thing is this. Let me read the Scripture first. Philippians 1, 9-11 says this. He says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Listen, knowledge and depth of insight. What that means is, listen, we all got something to learn. We all got to grow a little bit. We all got to learn how to live this life at its fullest. How to live this life the way that God's called us to. And listen to what he says. So that you'll be able to, to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Here's the first thing we need to do. We need to stop asking why. We need to stop asking why. How many times has anything that's happened bad in your life, the first question you ask is why? Think about it. I can tell you this. Last year, I went through one of the biggest things I ever went through in my life. And the first question I asked was why? First question I ever asked was why? God, why is this going on? God, why is this happening? God... I'm trying to be faithful. I'm trying to follow you. And then this comes. This is on my plate. And the, it's natural. It is natural for us to ask the question, why? Think about Paul. Paul's plans got changed. You want to know where he wanted to go? Rome. He wanted to go preach the gospel to Rome. The capital. The major place. The place that everyone wanted to go. He wanted to go and reach others for them. His schedule was messed up. This wasn't quite on Paul's agenda. And listen, the question he didn't ask was why. But it's a natural response for us. Let me ask you this. How many of y'all, when y'all get to heaven, do you have questions that you would like to ask God why for? Does any of you have any questions you'd like to ask God? Like, I want to ask um, some of those who have gone on before us, like Noah. I want to meet Noah. Man, imagine Noah. Noah was an incredible... <laughs> he had to be incredible. The Bible says he was the only one that found favor with God. And God saved him and his family. But I want to ask Noah a question. Why didn't you kill those two dang mosquitoes when you had the chance? Man, you could have let go of some things we, I, I didn't feel like we need today. Them no-sim bugs. You ever got them no-sim bugs? It's because you no-see them. You know, you know what I'm saying? You don't see them. All of a sudden, you get bit, and it's like, holy cow, what was that? What about, where does the missing socks go from the laundry? <laughs> Where does some missing socks go? It seems like you go to the laundry and you fold and close and all of a sudden you can't find that one sock that um, you need. How about, why are the really good tasting foods so fattening? <laughs> the best foods are the ones that cost you the most, right? How about, which came first? The chicken or the egg? <laughs> listen it is natural for us to ask why when we don't know why 
But that is not the question that we need to be asking. Which is the second thing. Start asking what? Start asking what? God, what are you doing in this? God, what is your purpose and your plan for me going through this? God, what are you up to now? God, what are you trying to change in me? We need to change the words. Listen, when I was going through what I was going through, and my question was why for three days. Three days I was asking God why. God, why am I going through this? God, why is this happening? God, why, 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 why? <laughs> but it wasn't until I read another pastor friend who had written a post on Facebook. And he said this. He said, in the middle of hard times, we always ask why. But in the middle of the situation, instead of asking why, what we should be asking is what? God, what is it you have for me? God, what is it you're doing? God, what is your plan? Craig Rochelle said, said it this way. He said, we all have a what and don't understand the why. God always has a why behind the what. I don't have to understand the why to trust God in the what. See, here's the thing, guys. When we start to go through hard times and hardships of life, we need to learn. Listen, guys, we need to learn. Look, what God is doing. Because, listen, the Bible says He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. It says that God, man, wants to bless us. God wants to take care of us. God has our needs taken care of. You know you never have to worry about your needs. You know that. You never have to worry about your needs. You want to know why we're dissatisfied a lot of times? It's all about what we want over what we need. God promises, don't you see the birds of the air? I take care of them. They don't store up, store houses. They don't prepare for the long haul. Look, I take care of them. I meet their needs. And what do we do? So many times we ask the wrong question. See, what happened to Paul being in prison? What happened? In this dark moment of his life, what happened? He wrote Philippians. He wrote Philippians. Not only did he write Philippians, he wrote several of the epistles that we know of out of his word that we learn from from God's truth for us. Philippians 1, 12-14 says this, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, listen to this, when I was reading this, there's two places in chapter 1 that really stuck out to me. And it was this statement, what has happened to me? What has happened to me? Listen to what he says has actually served to advance the gospel. How do we know that what God's doing is not something that He's going to use in your life to make the biggest difference in the kingdom? How do we know that in our lowest, darkest moments, it is not a moment where God is molding us, where God is showing us what He's going to do for our future? 
How do we know when we are at the valley that it's not going to be one of the most important moments of our life to learn the lesson that God has for me? The test you endure becomes the testimony you will tell. The test you endure becomes the testimony you will tell. Your misery can become your ministry. Your misery can become your ministry. So at this moment of where Paul is in this dark moment, where he's in the cell, instead of crying, woe is me, and instead of asking the question why, and instead of being pity, oh Paul, and instead of being the one that's going to go, you know what, God, you haven't stood strong for me. I've been trying to do the right thing. No, Paul is there at a moment making a difference. He's there making a difference. Look at it. His arrest actually served to advance the gospel. Verse 13, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Listen to that. It has become clear throughout the whole palace guard. Look, people were hearing what was going on with Paul. People were hearing why he was in jail. People were hearing that he wasn't giving up. People were hearing because he was still preaching. He was still telling the truth. He was still walking the faith. How? Every day, he was chained to a Roman guard. And I guarantee you that those Roman guards couldn't wait till the eight hours was done of their task. Because I guarantee you, Paul never stopped telling them about Jesus. And then what happened? You, they had to have spread the word. Why? The whole palace guard knew. Well, what was happening was going on. Man, Paul was making a difference. Paul was standing for the Lord. Paul was still singing when he should be crying. Paul was standing because he had joy, not happiness. Is there anything wrong with being happy? Not at all. I enjoy being happy. I enjoy when the circumstance around me is good. I enjoy when what's happening around me is to my likability. But here's the thing you got to understand. Life is going to throw you a lot of times where you're not going to find yourself happy. But you'll make it through because you have joy. Why? Because of who Jesus is. Why? Because of what Jesus did. Why? Because how Jesus saved me. Let me tell you something. I rejoice because of nothing else. Jesus never did anything else for me. He died for me. And not only did He die for me, He rose for me. And when He rose for me, He gave me life. And when He gave me life, He gave me eternity. When He gave me eternity, He gave me relationship to God the Father. Man, I have hope. I have reason. I have life because of who Jesus is. And I find that as I walk this life, I'm going to walk it in joy. Why? Because of who He is and what He's done. It's not what's going on on the outside. It's because of what's happened on the inside. And I want you to understand, if you don't know my Jesus, that needs to happen. That needs to happen. You will never truly understand the full extent of joy if you don't understand the one who gives joy. We talked not too long ago about fruit. And if you know the fruits of the Spirit, 
starts with love, and the very second one is joy. Joy is a fruit that comes from a relationship with God, from walking in the faith with Him. Romans 8.28 says this, And we all know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Things work to the good. So the next time you find yourself in the bad, remember that God will bring something to good. Listen, nothing's going to happen in my life that God don't allow. Nothing, I'm not going to find myself in a bad place that God hasn't allowed. And I know this, that if He brings me to it, He's going to bring me through it. I promise you. Now here's the last thing. Focus on what really matters. Focus on what really matters. Philippians 1.15-18 through 18 says this, It is true that some preach Christ out of envy, in rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in change. But listen to this statement. But what does it matter? What does it matter? Listen to what Paul says. He's not worried about those stirring up trouble for him. He's worried about one thing and one thing alone, the gospel. He's worried about it moving forward. And listen to what it says. The important thing is this. Do not miss this. The important thing is this, that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of that, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Listen, I want you all to understand Look, if we want to get on the path of where joy comes from, you need to start focusing on the things that really matter. What's most important? What is most important? There's a lot of things that happen in our life, and one of the questions we need to be asking is this, what does it really matter? What does it really matter? Let me ask you this. How many times do you get upset about something, and in a month it's done change? How many times do we get upset about something and five years from now you think how silly it was that you even thought that way? How many times do we get upset and we think, man, this is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, but does it make a difference for eternity? Does it make a difference for eternity? Will this matter from a hundred years from now? Some things that we think really matter simply don't matter. When you recognize what doesn't matter, you can focus on what does. Now I'm going to give you two things that really matters. Two things that really matters that help you answer the question. The first thing is this. People matter. People matter. I want you to understand something. We need to take into account that all the people that come in our path was put there by God. Everybody that we come across was put there by God. It wasn't by accident. We have a chance to make a difference for eternity in someone's life. People matter. For God so loved the what? For God so loved the what? Loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, 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 whosoever believeth in Him shall not 
perish but have everlasting life. You want to know what makes a difference for eternity? People. Second thing is eternity matters. Eternity matters. You know what some people think? You know what? They just think they can just live however they want to and it's going to be all right. We all die one day. But I want you to understand something very clear. Whether you choose God or you don't, eternity will go on. Eternity will go on. What the Bible says, though, is this. If you choose God, you have a place in heaven. If you don't choose God, you'll have a place in hell. And it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It doesn't matter if you think, man, it's just a fiction. It don't matter if you think it's just an illustration. It doesn't matter. It is going to happen. You want to know why? Because only two things matter. People and eternity. People and eternity. Let me tell you this. There are a lot of things I've done in my life that don't matter for eternity. There are a lot of things I wish I could go back and change. There are a lot of things. I, we did a series not too long ago, Younger Me. Things that I'd go back and tell my dumber me. Right? Why? Because two things really matter, and that's people and that's eternity. So the question tonight is this, is do you know Jesus? Because I want you all to understand very clear, you're not going to experience the total joy that you will have on this planet if you don't know Him. That's the most important decision. And number two, if you know Jesus, are you taking somebody with you into eternity? I want you all to understand, we get all messed up about the things that don't matter the most. And I want you all to understand, if we'll keep our focus, listen to what Paul said, he said in verse 21, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. For me to live is Christ. While he's in that jail cell, look, he ain't thinking, woe is me. He's thinking, listen, if they execute me, <laughs> that's better. <laughs> that is better. Why? Because I will be spending eternity with God. He knew where he was going. He had confidence of where he was going. And I want you to understand, listen, he understood this as well. If Christ chose not to take him and leave him, he knew he had a plan. He knew he would continue on. Listen to what it says. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor to me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with the Lord, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in my body. Listen, Paul knew where his joy came from. Paul could stand confident on his day that he thought could be death and stand with joy. Why? Because first of all, he didn't dwell on the why. He focused on the what, and he focused on what's most important. Thank you guys for joining us this week for the message. We believe that you are here for a purpose, and we're excited to be with you on this journey with Christ. 
If you like this podcast, you can click to subscribe and share it with your friends. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram at rs underscore college or click the link in the bio for our website. Have a great day.